Lopez uh, interviewing her. And uh, she has a story to tell, a very powerful story. And we'll be getting into that um, very shortly. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to first uh, give an update uh, of some news, some, some news um, updates on the situation uh, behind enemy lines. And this has to do with, uh, you know, um, different struggles going on within the prison system. So this is a short news update from Aslam Press. And this is in regards of the gladiator fights. And so some of you know about them, some of you don't. But we have an, uh, an emergency um, going on in California prison system. Uh, it's an emergency that's um, involving our family members, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, um, people that we love and care about. And, and they're imprisoned. And what's happening right now in the California prison system is the prison officials are creating these gladiator-style fights. And they're basically um, opening doors. And, you know, it's almost like chicken fights. And they're, you know, they bet on this stuff. You know, they, they laugh about it. To them, it's a joke. And to us, it's our family members yeah. who are being murdered, being harmed, being injured, uh, some with lifetime injuries, you know. And, and so this is what's going on right now. And we can all relate because all of us have friends and family or, or neighbors and associates uh, who are incarcerated, and, and all of us are touched by mass incarceration. There's 2.3 million people imprisoned in the U.S. You know, this is basically a prison house of nations, and, you know, these people are imprisoned by the millions, and um, this is the treatment that they're getting. This is what's occurring right now, and so we call it a, an emergency, and there's a lot of family members that are um, mobilizing right now, um, because, you know, um, this is, um, it's just unacceptable. And so we're bringing, um, you know, um, voice to this. And next week on Free Aslan, I'll be interviewing uh, one of the wives of one of the prisoners who has been involved in this um, and been used in these gladiator fights. And she's going to tell the story of how um, this played out when she went to visit her husband and, and all of that. And so... Um, so tune in next week for that one. And uh, now let's get to this, this interview here. Uh, I want to welcome my homegirl, uh, me and Elsa go way back. Elsa Lopez, welcome to Free Aslan. Thank you. And, and you know, a lot of people don't know me and me and Elsa, you know, uh, we've known each other uh, many, many years. I'm not going to get into how many years we know, but, you know, we go back, we go way back, you know, and, and you know, we, we have a long history and, and, you know, and she's she's always been my homegirl and I got a lot of love for her and, and I'm glad that she, um, that you decided to come on, Elsa, to, you know, to share your story with um the listeners, because now we have a lot of listeners. Um, Free Aslan is being played in um, in Los Angeles. You know, Radio Justice down there in Los Angeles picked up Free Aslan. So this message and these words, you know, it's it's heard in Palestine. You know, we have listeners in Hawaii. 
Aloha to the Hawaiian listeners. Yeah, so we got listeners everywhere. So it's a beautiful thing that this radio is able to um, allow us to, you know, get different um, truths out there in the world. And this is a liberated uh, airwaves. These are liberated airwaves. And, and these are airwaves where we can speak truth of our community and we can get a different perspective than the, that we never get from other radio stations, from many radio stations. And um, here in Free Aslan, you get uncut news. This is, uh, you know, we don't hold no punches. Those of you who've listened before know I give it to them raw and uncut. So thank you, Elsa, for being here. So with that being thank said, you. Well, well, oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. But let me get back into this. Uh, and let me ask you the first question. Some of the listeners know you. Some of them don't, you know, a lot of them don't. People are listening for the first time. And, um, but, you know, you have a very um, powerful story. And, you know, uh, I saw, I saw this, uh, this, this news clipping, you know, I was incarcerated. And, you know, they had me, you know, up in the pen. I'm incarcerated. I'm in there watching the news. And I seen the uh, video clip of what occurred. And I remembered the street, of course, you know, I mean, I, I know your, your family has lived there many years and I seen what happened and, you know, and it blew me away um, when I seen it. And, you know, and, and but you have a very moving story. So let's start um, first uh, with the first question. And um, so tell us about your son, Anthony what kind of young man he was and what happened to him six years ago? Well, my son, Anthony, his name is Anthony Daniel Santa Cruz. And I say his name with pride because when I was pregnant from Anthony, I picked that name out. I said, this is going to be his name. And since I had him in my stomach, I always called him Anthony. So his name was very special to me. Um, Anthony was a young man that was very um, smart, very smart kid, um, very loving. He was one of the babies of our family. Like you said, Joey, um, we've lived on 21st and Julian all our lives since we were babies. And that was grandma's house. So everybody went to grandma's house. Um, so San Jose High for us was our high school. So Anthony... He was a young man that loved football. He loved playing football since he was a little boy. And, and um, he was a, fa a father at a young age. At 15, he became a father. And um, so it was, uh, we went through our roller coasters like any mother and teenager would go through. Um, but my son was loving. My son was a good kid. Um, yeah, he got himself into trouble here and there. But he was always caring. He'd give you his last dollar. I mean, he would, if he walked down the street and he seen a homeless guy and he didn't have money, he would go get off or make me give him money and go take him money. Um, he was really giving and really loving, my son. And um, he loved sports. That was his favorite, was football. He slept football. He woke up talking about football. That was all he was going to do. He was going to go to the NFL, and he was going to play mm. football. And he was going to buy me a house. Mm. 
He had dreams. He had goals. Even as a young boy, he always had dreams and goals. He would always tell me about his future. Mm. He had a future. He had promises. He he seen his future. He he knew what he wanted in life. Mm. On February 13, 2013, Anthony um, was running late for football practice. So um, he got ready was getting ready to run to football practice, and he asked my sister to give him $2 so he could get some hot Cheetos before practice. She gave him his $2, and he said, you better get to practice, you're going to be late, and your mom's going to be mad. And he said, no, I'll make it, I'll make it. Never made it. Mm. He got to the corner of 21st and Julian, and there's a bus stop right there. There's two guys standing there. And, of course, he's 17 years old, Anthony, at this time. And these two men, these two young men approach him from 20 to 25 years old. That's the ages we got. Um, Hispanics um, approached him, and they said something to him. Of course, I said, he's 17 years old. He said something back. A fight broke out. Anthony gonna fight with one of them the other one was gonna jump in and where they where they attacked anthony is like where my mom's house is so you can see down the corner and you can see what's going on my brothers ran to the corner but by the time they got there anthony was already holding his chest his son ran home and when he made it home, my sister grabbed him, and he's all, they got me, they got me, Thea, they got me. And she's all, where, what are you talking about? And he just passed out. She pulled up his shirt, and he was stabbed in the middle of his heart. My son had died instantly right after he passed away. Yeah, that's, that day. Go on. It's been hard. It's been hard. Well, I can ima- I can't even imagine. Um, and it's it's a horrible thing. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. I think that everybody that that knows you that I've talked to, they always um, say the same thing that you know. Um, I don't know where she gets her strength from because it, it's such a, a tragedy. And um, I just want to say that for me, this is probably, you know, the most personal interview I'm doing. And, and, and you know, it, it's, it's such a tragedy, horrible. And, um, you know, the people who did that, <clears throat> you know, at some point... Um, they are going to be held accountable. And, you know, um, this is something that, you know, um, it's just, you know, that's just the way it is. And, and in my opinion, you know, there, there's crime in <clears throat> in the U.S. And, you know, most of the crime is um, crimes of poverty. Um, most people in prisons um, are there for... Um, basically 
crimes, um, you know, crimes of poverty that's it's stealing, it's robbing, it's um, selling drugs. These are crimes of poverty, people trying to eat. And, you know, um, in, in those kinds of crimes, you know, in different societies, uh, you know, they're not going to have a lot of that crime. Countries like Cuba don't have a lot of that crime because the people are looked out for and the governments um, ensure that the everybody's taken care of. But here, you know, we have a dog-eat-dog society where if you don't have money, you don't eat. So many people commit crimes of poverty. However, right. I would say that in this case, uh, this is a crime against the people. And this is just... Um, these kinds of crimes, um, you know, are, are different. And when people, um, you know, are just going around um, murdering innocent people um, and, and, and um, you know, they have to be held accountable. And, um, and they will, and, and, and you will see justice uh, carried out um, uh, when um, it is found who did do this. So I just want to... <clears throat> remind you of that but um you know in 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 these kinds of crimes you know we we, we see them um and and we we call this horizontal crime this, these are this is horizontal crime where you know um people who look just like you uh crimes are committing uh committed against people uh who look just like them and and this is called horizontal crime and, you know, horizontal crime comes from, you know, um, remnant. This is an, an effect of colonialism, of what our people have been through. And, it, and, and you know, and, and that doesn't mean that um, people don't need to be held accountable. They do and they will. But this is the, the product of colonialism where, you know, people are, um, don't know how to deal with the situation, the social reality that they're in, and as a result, they inflict harm on those closest to them, those who look like them, those who come from the community, mm -hmm. or those in the same social and economic uh, situations. But let me, um, right. yeah, let, you know, it's, it's just, but let me move on to the next question, uh, okay. Elsa. Um, I wanted to ask, um, after the tragedy, um, you created a nonprofit called From the Streets to the Grave, A Mother's Voice. Uh, tell us about this, please. So when, um, when I buried my son, um, before I buried him, um, that's exactly what happened. My son was walking down the street, and then the next day I'm looking for somewhere to bury him. That's where I got from the streets to the grave. One day he's on the streets. The next day I'm looking for a graveyard to bury my son. Um, a mother's voice was my voice. You silenced my son, but she did not silence me. And I became his voice. Through that, I had a choice either to give up and let them take my life also, like they took my son's life or get up and fight back. And I decided the next day after I buried him, I got a march of 300, and we marched all the way from 21st Street to Alamo Rock Cemetery. We put a human chain, we locked hands, and we prayed, and I said, 
I will. I promise that I would help families that went through what I went through. And our organization, from that day on, every time there was a homicide of gang violence or any kind of homicide, I would find out on the news and I would go to the area where the, where the homicide occurred and I would offer them a prayer circle, a candlelight vigil, and I would offer them a prayer circle. And I would work with the mothers and I would grab the mothers and tell them, I know your pain. Mm. I know what you're going to go through in the next days. And I'm here for you. And I continued and continued to help mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. But I also continued to help the homies and the homeboys. Because sometimes we forget about the friends. And for me, my son had a lot of friends. There were so many friends. And when I got to my house, my garage was filled. And I sat there in the garage with these guys. My son, I have an older son, and his friends and all the boys. And they were angry. They were crying. They were on their knees in tears. And I said, you know what? We're not going to retaliate. Please don't retaliate. I need my justice. It was the hardest thing I had to ask them. From growing up in the streets of San Jose and knowing the rules in the streets of San Jose, I had to say, no, let me get my justice. I had to sit there and talk to them. And I realized that who do they go to? Who do they talk to? Yes, the families are important. The mothers are important that are grieving. But who reaches out to these young men? when they lose a friend. To them, their homeboy is their brother. It's it's like they know more they knew more stories about my son that I knew about my son. They were telling me all kinds of jokes. So I sat there and we just grieved together. We mourned together with them. And I showed them that you need you need to be here for me. You need to be here for your family, your friends, your mothers. And that's what my whole goal was to work. There's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it And this is JV, and you're listening to KEXU 96.1 FM, Poe People's Revolutionary Radio, broadcasting out of East Oakland. And um, that was Tupac's Dear Mama, classic, love it. And, you know, I know, um, you know, I dedicate this song to my mom all the time, my mama, so I know everybody... <laughs> Everybody dedicates this song to their mama at one time or another. So I love Tupac. You know, Tupac, thing about Tupac, not to get too far off the interview, but, you know, Tupac, he came from the same circumstances and struggles that we have. And, you know, um, black and brown people uh, in general in hoods across, you know, these mm -hmm. occupied territories. And, you know, we could relate, you know, and not only that, but Tupac was conscious, you know, he, 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 you know, his mother was a Black Panther, you know, father, part of the Black Liberation Army, 
I mean, these are this is a revolutionary family. He was conscious and he he spoke in uncut. He spoke raw, real truth. And and you know, he was very dangerous for that because that's the last thing that um people um who commit you know injustice want is for uh somebody anybody to be educating the people educating the public and speaking real truth and uncut realness so i love tupac you know in his music and i just wanted to dedicate that song you know because you know i mean everybody loves their mama and i know um you know your son probably um you know dedicated that to you at one point or listen to it anyway but you know, I, I just wanted to, uh, I'm going to go back, Elsa, and ask you this, this question that I skipped, um, even okay. though, you you know, you addressed it a little bit. So we're going to be, tonight uh, is a special night. We're going to be going about 10 minutes past 9 p.m. So, um, you know, we've never done that before, but I think it's important to make sure we cover everything. And, and you know, my my one of my questions i wanted to ask is you know when it comes to and you touched on it a little bit but when it comes to um you know independent institutions um you know creating organizations that are for us um you know for rasa and because we have a different culture and we don't have the same culture as um the oppressor or anybody else we have our own culture so it's important that we uh, make sure and address that and, and teach our people in ways that we understand and relate um, You know, but um, you know when it when it and, and when you look at history in the history of, uh, of In the hoods in the barrios and when it comes to brown and black people um, Anytime they've made advancements um, It has always been at the hands of brown and black people and that's just the facts, you know the the, the largest advancements in these poor communities has always been um, brown and black people creating their own organizations um, that help empower and move these communities forward. It hasn't been anybody from outside our communities. It's always been our own people who push uh, our people forward in various ways. You know, when it, you know, for the black community, you know, we've seen a powerful example of them with the Black Panthers. You know, that was the most important um, black organization in U.S. history. And they helped propel a lot of things that even we benefited from. I mean, they're the ones that created the WIC pro program, you know. They created the Free Breakfast for Children program. Before that, there was no free breakfast for children in any school in the U.S. The Black Panthers created it. And then um, the U.S. government ended up... Uh, implementing it in schools across the U.S. because they were basically showing them up like, wait a minute, we better do this because we have this organization um, that's doing it and making us look stupid. So they began to do it after the fact. So, you know, a lot of programs that we take for granted have been started from people in our very communities. So I do agree on you that um, culturally sensitive, you know, people have to understand that we're not going to relate to um, things that are culturally, um, you know, um, in tune with 
with with other um, nationalities. You know, it's just it's just the facts. That's just the way it is. So I'm glad that you seen it and you saw a need to create this organization that's aimed at raza, um, particularly. And you know, it's in Spanish. It's just you know you you seen the need for it, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's one of the things that we have to stop as a people thinking that there's something wrong with trying to help our people. There's nothing absolutely. Right. There's there's absolutely right. something wrong with us right. not trying to help our people. That's wrong. That's when something's wrong. Yeah. So, but anyway, my question is, um, why is it important for our community to create organizations like From the Streets to the Grave? and mobilize in our neighborhoods rather than rely on county programs to solve our problems. And I just want to, one quick little thing I want to say before you answer that. Okay. Um, before that, you had talked about how the county came and gang task force and all. And I would just say, in my opinion, and it has nothing to do with you, uh, Hunger, but in my opinion, the gang task uh -huh. force has always been nothing but slave catchers. And, you know, they do nothing but harm in our community. They've done harm to me, my friends, my family for many decades. So, um, you know, I'm glad that there's an organization that Rasa can go to that um, does not rely on gang task force because um, in my opinion, and I'll say that for the fourth <laughs> time, my opinion, you know, they're slave catchers. But anyway, so let me um, let me go to this question, uh, Elsa, you know, um, and, and why was it important, you know, to uh, create these organizations instead of relying on county programs? Why is that important? Because for me, for my nonprofit organization was that I didn't see anyone doing the same thing I was doing. And it was important for me to motivate mothers. Um, a few mothers have started their own organizations, um, foundations, and, and, and I think it's important for us mothers um, that go out and do something to be a voice. I, I, I push for my mothers and fathers to be that voice, to do something in their children's honor, to to keep their legacy alive, you know, to keep their son's name alive, not to let them die in the streets or die in vain, but to keep them keep their legacy alive, to 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 do something in their honor, not just stay quiet like we do in our culture. We we. A lot of families that I've worked with, uh, especially mothers that um, don't speak um, Spanish, um, don't speak English, um, a few families that I've been to their house to help the families, they didn't speak English. So they didn't know where to call. All they heard was that their son passed away, but they, didn't, they couldn't even speak to the detective because the detectives didn't speak Spanish. So the detectives just told them they lost their their children have passed away and gave them a card and told them, oh, call us and this is, and that's it. And they leave. So the family doesn't know, okay, where's your son at? Is he in the morgue or was he at the hospital or where, where is he at? So I, so I would go to the family's house and I'd tell them, what did the detective say? Well, we don't know. He talked to us in English. We only speak Spanish. And those were the things that say, no, 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 you can call. You can ask questions. Well, we don't know where to call. We don't know what to do. So I would go to the families, and I would help them make their phone calls. 
I would start calling the funeral homes for them to start getting their funeral arrangements. So to me, those were things that I didn't get that I learned on my own that mm. I wanted to teach mothers to do is to do things on your own. Just because you don't speak English doesn't mean you don't have a voice. Mm. Speak it in Spanish, but you are your son's voice. You are your child's voice. Your child was a victim of homicide. You are a victim. You are a survivor of homicide. Mm. You need to speak. You need to, even if it's in Spanish, but speak. Find out. If they can't speak English, then tell me you want to speak to someone that speaks Spanish. I go, you have the right to do that. Some family members, some mothers, they're scared. They don't have their, don't have their paperwork. Very sensitive with that. I will, I don't want to ask too many questions because I don't want them to start asking me questions. No, they don't have the right to ask you those questions. But you have the right to know where your child is. That, those are things that, that I push mothers to do. Educate themselves on that. Call and when your son's trial comes up. A lot of mothers say, oh, well, we don't go to court because we're scared. We don't want, we don't know what to do, what to, what's going to happen. Mm. No, no, you go to court. You have yeah. to find out what's going <clears> to <throat> happen. Because if no one shows up representing your son, then guess what? His his voice isn't being heard. Mm. Speak in Spanish. It's okay. Mm. They, they got people that can translate for you. Yeah. I go, it's okay. And mm. I teach mothers and I, and I motivate mothers to to do an organization, to help their community. Mm. If they want to do a little group, let's do a little group. You want to run it, this is what I need, then let's do it. Mm. I want them to do something that they feel that they honor the children. I'd rather them do an organization or a foundation mm. and do something yeah. than to stay stuck in their room depressed. Right. Harness their energy into... Um, continuing onward, yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. beautiful, and, and, you know, like I said before, um, you know, I know you, you know, you're a strong brown warrior woman, I know that, everybody knows that, but, you know, you're a human being, sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you have your days, I'm sure, without even knowing, I, 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 I'm, you know, I assume that there's days when you just shut down, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just too much, and but at the same time, you know, uh, you're in a relationship, and, and I want you to, you know, touch on this, because this is something that, you know, that I think the listeners, you know, they hear a lot of tragedy, they hear, but, you know, you're, you're, you're also in a, in, a, in, in a relationship, in a marriage, so let me ask you, how has your husband supported you through this tragedy? Well, um... He's he's the director of my nonprofit, but he supports me because he helped me raise my children. Mm. Um, when Anthony, he came into Anthony's life when Anthony was six years old. Mm. So um, he he ha helped me raise my children, and 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 so when this happened, he he was a mental health therapist for twenty five years. He worked at the Garner Family Care Center. Um, so he's, he worked with youth and gang, gangs and stuff like that. And he worked in group homes and, and did a lot of youth and worked with a lot of the kids. A lot of us, when we were younger, you know, he, he's developed programs out there in the, in the, in the county that the county actually still uses. 
Um, so he he was a lot of support. Um, he he came in, you know. Um, he had to deal with me um, through my roller coaster rides, and he had to deal with his emotions. And as a single mom, you know, I'm very protective. So sometimes they'll say, you know, um, you know, just need to rest. Don't tell me to rest, you know. And and poor guy, you know, I took some times I would take a little bit of my anger out on him. <laughs> And, and he would have to deal with me. Well, you've always been a strong woman, even as a young young girl. You you're always very strong minded. So I I know I think I know you know I can you see I can envision that. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. He supported me through this loss, and and he so he supports our grandchildren. Our grandchildren. Mm. Um, he takes care of us. Like I said, Anthony was a father at fifteen, so he left behind. Um, a son, his name's AJ Anthony Jr., and we're a hundred percent in his life. And he's he's he just picks up. He just takes him to his football games, his basketball. Mm. He's involved with his sports and everything. And he's in. And I know that I wouldn't have been able to be this strong without him. He and, is and, my backbone. Yeah, he does and, yeah. help me get through these days. And, and I would when agree. I don't want yeah. a day, like you said, I'm human. Some Absolutely. days I say, uh-uh, I'm not getting up. Yeah. And he says, all right, you could stay today. <laughs> but remember, you got to get on your feet. Yeah, I and that's beautiful. Back up on my feet. That's beautiful. And, and I believe that, that, you know, I mean, nobody does something totally on their own. And, and I believe, and I knew that, you know, you had a good support system. Of course, your family, but... You know, there had to be somebody else behind the scenes. And, um, you know, I, I, I figured that and I figured that he must be a very strong and very, um, very good person to, you know, um, help you be a good person as well. Because you help each other, you know, and, and, I, and I know how that is. I know that, that it isn't just one side. It goes both ways and one isn't great without the other and um and i'm glad you have that support system you have somebody in your life who um is there for you to help you pick you up when you fall and to push you forward when you stop and you know and you do the same for him so that that's a beautiful thing but we're we're running short on time so let me try to squeeze a couple of more questions okay. in i want to ask you know other women mothers sisters wives fathers sons etc you know they're going through this too so my question is, for those going through this, what do you recommend they do to stay strong for the stolen lives they've lost? If, if you have a church, get plugged into your church. Get plugged into your church because I truly believe that God is our strength and he will kill us and, and I know he will get us through. If you're not in a church, I say that you pick yourself up. Pick yourself up because, like I said, they, they took my son's life. And if if I allowed them to take my life, suck the life out of me, then they took both lives. Mm. And, and I said, no, you, you took my son's life, but you're not going to take my life. Mm. I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight back. Like mm. I said, you silenced my son, but you did not silence me. I'm his voice. Mm. And if I can tell the mothers and the fathers 
I know it's easier said than done, like others say, but we can do it. We can do this. We can get up. It doesn't mean we're forgetting about our children. It doesn't mean that we didn't lose our children. It doesn't mean that we don't feel the pain and, and, and it's hard, but we have to get up. Mm, we have to get up and we have to fight back. Yes. What are we known for? Chicanos and Mexicanos? You know, Fighting fight and struggling. Back. Absolutely. Fighting Absolutely. And we are smart and we are very, very, um, very prideful sometimes. But you know what? Sometimes we just have to say, you know what? Lord, take the will. Take my hand because I can't do it on my own. And don't try to do it on your own. Find a support group that's going to help you. Mm. And if there's not a support group out there, then get connected with a few mothers. Mm. Reach out to each other. Yeah. Support each Honor other. Honor your sons and your daughters. Wow. Honor them. Put a memorial up. Do a mm. balloon release on their birthdays. Celebrate mm. their birthdays. Mm. Their anniversaries, their one-year anniversaries. Mm. Release balloons. Do candlelight. But honor them. Keep their legacy alive. Absolutely. If you don't keep their legacy alive, no one else is. Absolutely. After a while, everything fades away. Mm. And the mothers and fathers and the brothers and sisters and children are left by themselves. But mm -hmm. if you guys could come together as a family and always honor your loved one, mm. always keep his memory or her memory alive, yeah. she'll always live through you. Right. Be their voice. Get Absolutely. up and fight back. Absolutely. And and let me let me say, you know, because some of the listeners um, are are not from from you know from where we come from, from our community, and and we got mm -hmm. listeners from all over. So and I know you know you don't have a directory of every single organization. There's so many out there, but you know, besides your organization, for those living outside San Ho. Uh, what other organizations do you recommend people uh, get involved with if they lose loved ones in other parts of Aslan and beyond? Well, like I said, um, I would, I always um, encourage the families to make an organization. It doesn't have to be money or it doesn't have to be nothing um, but a group of mothers that it just takes a group of mothers to mm. come together and organize something. It takes a, a few fathers to to encourage each other, to strengthen each other. Um, I've worked with um, a few organizations um, that um, it's, um, a few organizations um, that I try to reach out and try to um, connect with. I haven't received any calls back. Um, again, sometimes it's because in San Jose, I don't, I don't understand if, if it's just not it's too much of a distance. But I do try to um, work with different organizations and call different organizations to connect with um, different resources to help other families, like in Oakland or or in Vallejo or in Sacramento. Um, I do go out there and I reach out. I I, I work with. Just different mothers, like on uh, my Facebook, I work with all like mothers, but I don't work with the organizations like 
a few mothers from Stockton that lost their sons. I connected with them. And what I do is we just connect as mothers and tell them, okay, the anniversary is coming, do a balloon release, do a prayer circle, and I connect with mothers in that way. That's how I I do my resourcing is working connect directly with the mothers. I work with a few mothers in Oakland, a few mothers in Stockton, um, Salinas, um, that I just, that's, that's how I stay connected through Facebook and through connecting with the mothers that that see our Facebook and and leave messages, and that's how we connect. Mm. Wonderful. Well, that that's that's wonderful. And you know, um, as I said before, um, you know, as I said before, you know, the person that you know, I believe the person responsible. Um, for this tragedy with your son, um, I believe this person or persons need to answer for this, you know, and, um, and, and it's just, just the way it is, is, you know, um, we need to be held accountable for our actions. And, you know, um, I do believe this was a crime against the people and this isn't, you know, um, this is something that occurred, tragedy, somebody who, um, was, was innocent did um you know nothing to ask for something like this and you know um you know free aslan you know as i spoken uh about many times before you know um i don't encourage anybody to um collaborate um with law enforcement and stuff i don't do it and you know i just you know i've had enough experience with them to understand um, the situation and 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 where they stand and and so, but you know, but on the other hand, I do believe these people need to be held accountable, and I do recommend that you know anybody who knows who committed this crime um, against the people to um, contact me, Jose H Villarreal one at gmail dot com, or you know um, in in and maybe somebody knows something that don't wanna, um, don't wants to remain remain anonymous and don't want to get involved that yeah. way, and that's okay too. So maybe they want to contact you, uh, and your family and your organization, and and maybe they know something and they want to let you know. So if that's the case, um, what what's your contact info if someone knows something and um, they know who did it? And they want to remain anonymous or what have you, but they want to let you know hearing your story. What's your contact info for them to get a hold of you? So there's a reward for my son's case. Um, it's twenty thousand um, for any information on Anthony's homicide. Again, his name is Anthony Santa Cruz. It was February thirteenth, two thousand thirteen, that he was um, a victim of homicide. And you can call me at 408-991-2384 is my cell number. Also, you can reach me at from the streets to the grave, a mother's org. We have a um, web page or Justice for Anthony Santa Cruz on Facebook. Mm. We also have a Facebook page from the streets to grave, a mother's voice. Mm. So again, you can reach me at. My name is Elsa Lopez, 
608-991-2384. I do give out my cell phone number because there are some people that will call me and say, well, can't, I don't want to speak to anybody else. I just want to speak to you. Absolutely. And you can call me and you can remain anonymous. Absolutely. No, I can't say the word. <laughs> I, I did that too. Don't trip. It's all good. So, I, I will. I will. Hey, we got the same background. Don't trip. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, but we're still doing it. But anyway, you know. Right. Absolutely. We we're still pushing forward, even though we can't pronounce anonymous. It don't matter. We doing <laughs> it. Okay. We doing it. But no, I wanted to say, um, you know. When it comes to, um, you know, our uh, rasa, you know, we're very spiritual people, our ancestors, you know, we're, we're yes. indigenous people first and foremost, you know, regardless yes. if, you know, we're, we, we identify as Chicano, Mexicano, um, et cetera, et cetera, even down to the point of Chile, um, you know, in South America, it doesn't matter. We're all indigenous people first and foremost. And, you know, um, and, and, and as indigenous people, our people are very spiritual, you know, and, and they've been practicing yeah. spiritualism for thousands of years. And, you know, with that being said, you know, our loved ones, you know, who, who've moved on, our ancestors in the spirit world, you know, I believe, you know, um, that they are still with us in, in, in some way. You know, I don't yeah. I don't know exactly, and I'm not going to say I know because I, I don't think anyone has the uh, absolute answer, but I do believe as an indigenous, as a Chicano indigenous uh, person that um, we there is a spirit world and that our, our ancestors are with us in some way. And um, I believe that they see us, I believe they hear us, and that they still love us, and, and, and even though they've moved on to a different realm. And um, with that being said, um, I just want to ask one last question. Um, if you can say anything to your son, Anthony, right now, um, what would you like to say to him? and to his beautiful spirit? Well, to Anthony, I would tell him I love him and I miss him. I speak to him every day. I look at his picture and I tell him how much I love him, how much I miss him. And I know he's with me. I know he will always be with me. I will carry him in my heart. And I know one day, one day when it's my time, I will see him, and I will hold him in my arms again. Mm. And I love you, mijo, always. Mm. Oh, Mateo. And as I said before, Elsa, you know, I think this is by far the most personal interview that I've done. And, you know, I, I want to say, you know, you're, you're, you're a huge inspiration um, to me, to everybody that I speak to, I think to the listeners around the world, to our people here in Aslan, I mean, everybody, you're a huge inspiration because we're going through the same thing you're going through. Um, everybody, the listeners, are, are they understand oppression, they understand grief, they understand tragedy, 
and you you know you're 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 empowering so many people and i want to thank you um for you know coming on to free aslan and bringing your medicine um because that's what it is it's medicine it, it heals people yeah. you know your yeah. your voice your message heals people and I, and i just want to thank you um for bringing this to to free aslan thank you home girl i love you very much I love you too, and I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak up and to talk about 15, my loss, but to well, for me to reach out to other mothers. I, I really appreciate you, and I'm very proud of you. Well, thank you, homegirl. Thank you. Become, and I'm very thankful that you like to fight still, but thank fight. you, homegirl. But we gotta go. Now. We we have to go. I I understand that we have to go. We're out of time. Thank you very okay. much, and that's Thank it for Free Aslan. And this is JVKEXU 96.1 FM. You're listening to Free Aslan. 15, 16.